0: You guys grab a beer. I was just going to ask, did you get a pop there, sir? I almost forgot.
1: Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host Dennis,
2: and I'm your other co-host Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic
1: faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while as we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Great, Robert. Great. we got a little kind of different kind of podcast tonight, more of a kind of joint podcast than us co-hosting and having a guest on, Correct. Correct. Uh, as you
2: like to say from time to time, this is a historic moment on the Pines and Pews podcast. And uh dare I say a, a historic moment also over on the Catholic Canuck podcast. As, That's right. Uh, we're, we're doing going to do a joint session uh with our with good our friend, David good friend,
1: The Catholic Canuck, David Scubin.
2: We don't have our, our normal intro where we would read a bio and, and do all of that. So, you know, why don't we just uh, swing right into the our conversation with David? Let's
1: just, get, let's just get right into it, Robert. Good idea.
0: Praise be Jesus Christ. Now, now forever, and forever. Yes, uh, this is the first time anybody's ever responded when I say that. So that's really great. Uh, very excited to to do what I guess we're calling this a joint podcast with uh, Dennis Callahan and Robert LeBlanc. You've heard them on uh the Catholic Canuck podcast, and they were even uh, kind enough to let me be on their show. Well, how long ago was that? That was last summer, right? It, it, it was like...
2: last summer. summer. Yeah, it was last summer, David. And you're starting to introduce the show, I was going to say, here we are back on the Pints and Pews with a great friend of the show, David Scubin of the Catholic Canucks. So um, I, like you said, at Roundtable, this is going to be odd because we're used to hosting, so guiding the questions, or I'm used to rambling and uh it's have a three-way conversation i'm gonna have to uh
0: put my ego in my back pocket here we're stretching ourselves here a little bit guys
1: but you know what it's great
0: it's the it's the uh the combination of two uh blessed podcasts that uh the lord has uh tasked us to do and uh hey sometimes we don't always know what we're doing but the holy spirit gets in there and he kind of helps us out right that's the way i look at it so guides uh, us
1: along yeah that's right and I think there's a couple important dates too we've we've got to uh, mention as well, David. Um, a belated Happy Canada Day to all our listeners. Robert's mm. birthday was yesterday, July 3rd, and and our listeners to the south, uh, Independence Day, right? Happy Fourth to our American happy listeners. Fourth well. of July, that's, that's right. right. Happy Fourth yeah, of yeah. July,
2: and I, I think we would be remiss. We are recording this on the Fourth of July, and Happy Fourth of July. But we'd be a bit remiss, uh, you know. Also, keep on our prayers. Uh, those in chicago because they were out to celebrate this is the the first year in a couple of years that we've been able to celebrate our national holidays uh, and there was a shooting at the fourth of july parade in the chicago yeah. area is that right uh yeah. just yeah. just saw that come through on I the news that, yeah um, so, so. so we would pray for all those involved there um, absolutely yeah like the last i saw there were six who had been killed and 24 wounded so oh um, my goodness May, may our Lord send a, a spirit of strength and healing and courage to all those that are there, and as well as the first responders. As on a, yeah, a day well, when you're supposed to celebrate, why
0: don't we pray in, a, in one of those, uh, the eternal rest prayer that'd be probably fitting right now? I just heard about this. So, uh, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, let perpetual light shine upon Amen. them. May these and all souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen father and the yeah. son of the holy spirit father, Amen. yeah that's father, uh yeah. and i invite our listeners to remember them too um and i hope that you know that you know everything's so politicized now mm-hmm. <laughs> i just mm-hmm. hope people can focus on the victims and uh and uh, as catholics uh especially for us we need to pray for these folks that met a very untimely and and violent end but remember that their souls are still very much alive very much exist and uh, that is, uh, that is our, our job, our responsibility as Catholics to make sure the world knows that there is hope that, uh, especially for their friends and family, that they're going to see them again. Yeah.
1: That's important to now. remember, David. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah.
2: And, and really on our end, that's about all that we can do is pray and, and yes. pray for those that are, are, are there. Like I said, the first responders. And like you said, David, for the, mm. the souls of those who have come to an untimely earthly end and as well for for the people who love them. Uh, and really, as Catholics, we need to put our partisanship in our back pocket at this point and kind of be the the hands and face of God in these moments.
1: And we continue to pray as well for the victims in Ukraine, which that ongoing war still continues to this day, six months later, I believe. So we continue to remember them in our prayers as well yeah,
0: i think pope francis has mentioned that he'd like
1: to go and visit that's both, right I, uh, I we saw that Ukraine today and yeah. russia
0: which would be uh, a real blessing if if that could happen
1: and hopefully his health continues that he's able. I know he's going to be coming to Canada shortly, right? In a couple of yeah, weeks, yeah, he's so going to be coming to
0: Edmonton. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yes, of course, not too he picked, far from yourself. He us.
0: We were picked. Yes, we weren't picked, but
1: you guys, you were picked <laughs> I mean, in the in the West. You're, you're right?
2: v- very blessed with that. Very blessed with that. And but We are going to talk
1: about Pope Francis in a little bit, but I didn't know about the beers. You didn't see. We didn't know if it was a joint broadcast from Catholic Attack, who doesn't usually have a beer, and then it was pints and pews. So I did have a beer, but I, I think you guys you guys have got a little bit well, no of beer that rarer you know hitters. of at least right so. well i've just got one of the well, most, most popular beers in the world unfortunately yeah. <laughs> unlike yourselves you've probably got a couple <laughs> rarer finds Let's say. Well, I'll tell you what some of the some of the guests that have been on my podcast, I'm sure
0: they wish they had a beer while they were talking to me, but that's not for... a <laughs> Yeah, it makes the conversation <laughs> flow a little bit more, doesn't it?
2: And, and before we got started here, David, you were holding your can up for us to read. Was. And as Dennis yes. said, I, I got another year older yesterday, and I was trying to adjust my trifocals there
0: as you held it oh, up to boy. the screen to try to read that. Yeah. So why don't you let us know what you're drinking today? I will. I will. And it's uh, another uh, beer from Wild Rose Country from Alberta. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I keep going to Southern Alberta and I love uh, all our folks in Calgary. We have a healthy rivalry between our sports teams between Calgary and Edmonton, but uh, they've got some uh, very good breweries down there. And uh, this one is from origin. They're out of Strathmore, Alberta. So Strathmore is uh, about a half hour right down uh, the Trans-Canada Highway east of Calgary. It's a lovely uh, town mostly a kind of an agriculture town, but there's uh, energy oil and gas there as well, but they've got a great brewery called origin and uh, origin. Uh, they, not only did they brew the beer, but they're also, they do the malting portion as well. So they've got kind of a few different uh, angles that they, that they use there. So a great little brewery, I know the, uh, one of the guys that works there quite well. He's a great guy. So this is a, a seasonal brew called the Mexican lager. It's got a little bit of uh, a hint of uh, citrus in it, I believe. least that's what i taste i'm trying to trust my taste buds (laughs) but it's very cool crisp it's perfect on a summer day so i thought you know what we're in july we don't get a lot of hot days especially here in alberta so i thought this is uh this hot. is the it's choice hot. for today.
1: It's hot for Edmonton today, is it,
0: uh, Yeah, it David? is. Yeah, 20 mm-hmm. degrees. That's pretty hot for Edmonton. I was going to say for, yeah. for the,
2: the three days above zero that you get there in Edmonton. That's right. Yeah. That's and why, how that's much why, alcohol? That's is why that, we're so yeah. much
0: better at hockey than the Maple Leafs and the Canadians. We get more ice and, and you, just- You like get more po- occupying it. weather. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially this year, right? So, and is so it that's what alcohol? I've got, guys. 4%, 5%, 6%? This one is 5 Roberts, 7%. 5.7 is what I
2: said. 5.7, okay. I think you might have the strongest beer on the table there today. Mm-hmm. Wow, Robert. David, As I'm drinking from the Henderson Brewing Company, uh, a lagered blonde uh, that comes in at 4.8% alcohol on there. Hmm. So I, I don't know if you can consider that a light beer or not, no. uh, but it's, it's getting pretty close, and it's got the nice little uh,
1: VW uh van on the front yeah oh, lovely had that it, once henderson yeah where's that robert is that it's at, out,
2: of, out of toronto okay and I've, I've never had it before so i'm looking forward to it uh, again a lo- the lagered blondes are usually nice and crisp uh we're a little bit warmer here in southern ontario i think we we hit about 25 or 27 today uh, it hasn't been extremely hot the last few days which has been
0: mm-hmm been nice it's
1: not too humid today we did have a few humid days yes. that's for sure in the last couple of days yeah, you guys get some real humid days right <laughs> oh, off the lakes there right yeah stinking hot.
0: that's why everybody's got a swimming pool there well yeah, except you don't realize that like, for like myself, a lot of people have swimming pools, except for that but you can, always go there. One. you can always get those little pools you know just like you know just a little waiting pool. whatever pools. yeah yeah you know, like one of those just fill it with your uh the garden hose and and off I don't you go. Know. Sit in know. I don't know,
2: <laughs>
1: or just put the sprinkler on like we did as kids. That was always good fun. There you go. And then I have a, a Guinness here with my with my matching glass from from the Guinness factory. The glass is from the Guinness factory in Dublin. The beer isn't. The beer is the beer is actually light. I didn't realize that. Like Guinness stout is four point two percent. So although it's a heavy, full bodied stout, it's actually it's like a al- alcohol content. Yeah, it is like a saying. Alcohol it's content. It's not very heavy.
2: <laughs> now nice. you were uh you were showing off that glass there before we got started Mr. i Kidman. was
1: yeah so you you got you you were able to get a glass at the guinness factory and get it get your name etched on the outside of the glass it took about a half an hour so you waited around and waited in the gift shop and then they brought the glass out to you so i rarely use it so I, i'm using it now because we're with the Catholic Canuck, but I'm just so afraid of the smashing once, <laughs> and I'll never have it again.
0: Make because... for a great story, though. Yeah.
1: You'll yeah, never I guess. Forget that. Yeah. Well, I did get a mug once when we went to the Louvre in, uh, in Paris. Uh, we went on a school trip there about 15 years ago. And I was outside talking to my wife and she was leaving somewhere. So I just accidentally just put the mug on top of the car. And she backed out of the driveway and of course I lost that mug and I, I, I can't seem to find a mug with the Mona Lisa on it. anywhere. Was in there beer in it or was it empty? No, it was just coffee in it, but it, oh, it was coffee. It's oh, it was, gone, okay, yeah.
0: Got it. Got it. Cause you know what happens when you spill beer, right? I mean, that's around for everybody.
2: <laughs> I
0: there didn't know ball that. Team, well, I don't know. Maybe there's just our ball team that invented that rule, but I think that's, uh, I, like I that. think that's accepted in many circles that if you spill beer, uh, you know, sometimes you drink it too fast; it kind of dribbles right. down. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to. I just thought it, it was the hole in one, which was around for everybody, which myself and Robert have, we have no fear of getting in the no. <laughs> in the near future at all. <laughs> but that's oh, a nice oh, hole-in head hole-in 20. Like a, doesn't that look like it came from a bar there or something, John? That, look that, that, that looks good. Poor. huh? Yeah, that's yeah, a very very nice
0: so Nice. You must be. I'm going to be posting videos, and
1: we can show that. Yeah, I don't think you can mess up a pour with with a little widget in the can, but. I'll, ta- I'll oh, take right. the congratulations anyhow. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't doing it from a tap or anything. Okay, gentlemen, so, so what is on the agenda? Well, we for need to say blessing. A blessing. Grace, a blessing. Before yeah. Yeah. grace before course, beer. Grace before beer so just, that we can so have our first beer. sip here. Oh. Um,
2: and, you know, Dennis has said grace before beer the last couple of uh, episodes, and we had uh, uh, Brewmaster Monk as well. So mm-hmm. I haven't said grace before beer in
1: over a month. No, you haven't. And it took him a year, uh, David, but he finally allowed me to say grace before. And I didn't do a bad job. I listened to that
0: podcast. Oh, did you? Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the the Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers,
0: Cheers gentlemen. Wellness, health and happiness. Health and happiness. And a good summer. How's the beer, gentlemen? Well, I was really glad that I remembered I should probably be bringing a brew because I think the only other thing I had in my fridge was a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and I know that I got, I caught, that is you know, so, so some,
1: popular nowadays. The Michelob I caught Ultra. some shade from
0: you guys last time. I mentioned I can't that. Drink I had that. that. Yeah, it's pretty light. There's not many carbs either, so that that's don't why don't people drink, drink it right that often. Yep,
1: right. It's a light alcohol, but it's not super light. But it's just light in calories. So a lot of people yeah. are going to the Michelob Ultras.
2: So this this locker Blonde, I think, has a few uh, a few carbs in it. It's uh, a nice full bodied beer.
1: Actually, it looks dude. like it's non filtered, Robert. Is that is that filtered? It looks dirty, like a dirty blonde there. It can does you... look like that. It yeah. doesn't
2: say anything on the can. I'd okay. have to
1: look at the can a little bit more.
2: But it's uh, for a lagered blonde, it has quite a bit of taste to it, which is actually very nice. Mm. But sometimes you get the lagered blondes and they're, uh, they're cool and they're crisp, but they're not as full flavored. So this is yeah. going to be nice. It's a good one for, for today. I
0: should have poured, but I'm so clumsy. I probably, if I put it in a glass, guys, I'd probably spill it so and then you'd have to buy around
2: i was was gonna (laughs) say i have no problem with that that's free beer for dennis and i right
1: (laughs) absolutely i don't have to explain my guinness stout everybody's tried one it's it's just so good very nice so you guys what are you guys doing here this summer you guys are
0: you guys are teachers here right so so it's uh are you just kind of like decommissioning now just kind of kind of letting the air out and just relaxing here uh
1: we're We're we're, actually
0: what's the secret life of teachers And the
1: robert's got a probably a million things on the go but myself and my wife are taking our first vacation together in 25 years david without kids so looking forward to that we're going to Anguilla, which is in off Mm -hmm. the coast of saint martin and the caribbean and then we're renting a cottage you know cottage is our big here so we're going to rent a cottage in august for a week as well and then just know, family things around that time Robert what about yourself well
2: uh, before I get into that Dennis I think that trip to Anguilla is to uh celebrate a bit of a milestone in your your life Dennis isn't it uh yeah for for your wedding anniversary correct well
1: I think next year yeah so we're gonna we're gonna celebrate it a little bit earlier but next year yeah we're planning to maybe do um do a cruise a Viking cruise for our 25th so please god you know everything if the COVID doesn't come up again and now they're talking more COVID, and i i don't know if COVID ever ends but I, we just got to get on with our lives and go places and thank god we're able to and stuff very right? so, i agree yeah hey, it's, it's like, time it is it's long time you know? time that we got to get we got to move it's got to live we got to live and uh where's the
0: viking cruise go is that going to are we talking about the scandinavian countries? yeah, yeah.
1: well no this is, there is scandinavian cruises but it goes through like uh Berlin, I'll go through Germany, Budapest, different you can, different oh, ports nice. of the, the Rhine and the Danube and stuff like that. So you could pick seven different, like seven or eight different stops along the way. So somebody said to us, you'll be the youngest couple on that, uh, on the biking cruise. I thought, great. And, and knowing Budapest. your age, Dennis,
2: that says a lot right there. So <laughs>
0: fantastic.
2: But a lot yeah. of great churches to visit along along the way there too. Beautiful okay. beautiful
1: gothic cathedrals we'll see. Yeah, it'll be it'll be so good. But I mean, nobody wants to plan that far ahead. But yeah, yeah definitely years so, as well Yeah, and so yeah, in a week's time.
2: Kind of decompressing on on my end. Yesterday was kind of the first day cuz we finished last week, but it's the first few days of the holidays were mm-hmm. just a lot on the go, so run 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 and then got to yesterday Sunday and didn't have anything planned and I just I didn't know what to do with myself so it always takes a couple of days to to kind of decompress there um, and yeah, we've got some stuff on the go the big thing in our life this summer is we're hosting a young lady from Belgium uh, beginning of August oh. so um, from when I was going to school there um, my buddy his daughter is only a few days older than my son and she wants to learn English and and Perfect her English. So she's coming for a couple of weeks at the beginning of August. And so we're going to do a lot of day trips around Southern Ontario, get to the nation's capital into Ottawa, and mm. then probably from there, a day trip into, into Montreal. Uh, and so part of that, and I was looking at it today, and one of the day trips we want to do uh, with her is to go up to St. Marie among the Hurons and Martyr Shrine. And David, I don't know if you've ever heard of maybe Martyr Shrine. Uh, up in Midland, which is uh, a big church that's built to the memory of the Canadian martyrs.
0: Mm -hmm. I have heard of it, yes. Mm -hmm.
2: And right across the street from it, St. Marie among the Huron, is they've rebuilt on the foundations of the original site, the original Jesuit mission that was there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's done really
0: well. And these were the missionaries that uh, that were martyred, uh, bringing the gospel to... Uh, our land was it first was it the, was yep. the first nations communities right yes okay mm-hmm. thank you and, and you know a lot of people forget that there's such beautiful churches and that they're, they're old because the church that's where it began it was eastern canada right, uh-huh. at the time right and things have kind of slowly moved out our way but there's some beautiful architecture a lot of real european uh you know i guess uh inspired uh, architecture there that you'd probably see Uh, places in europe you'd probably see in quebec and and even places in ontario too which would be really neat i think
1: some beautiful churches in quebec for Mm -hmm. sure yeah Yeah.
2: but even the main cathedrals like you say here in in southern ontario eastern ontario Mm -hmm. uh, our cathedral saint michael's in toronto is absolutely beautiful right Uh, and i always like to point out on dennis's behalf that the foundations for our cathedral in toronto were dug by hand by irish immigrants
1: that's right. pretty and impressive, it, eh? It just, just, it just after the, the famine, right? Yeah. Be well made. Yeah, the
2: the, the yeah. love of the faith that goes into that. But also mm. in Ottawa. So again, St. Patrick's Basilica in Ottawa, absolutely beautiful church. It's the oldest English language church in Ottawa. And the cathedral as well in Ottawa, Notre Dame. It's mm. Absolutely gorgeous. But it's it's kind of amazing that we're talking about this today, July 4th. It's actually the feast of St. Anthony Daniel who was one go. of the, one the of these, Jesuit yeah. missionaries who was martyred on this mm. date. Um, I would say not too far from here. It's about an hour and a half drive North, uh, the site of his martyrdom.
0: It's a great reminder that, uh, we had such missionary zeal uh, in Canada, right? And then the faith came to Canada from people that were so on fire for their faith. And, uh, Let's face it. Uh, this this was a wild place. It still is a wild place, but mm-hmm. you know, back then even more so. You know, even uh, settling in Ontario, Quebec, and then coming out to Western Canada and the prairies.
1: Uh, not it was for pretty the rough, wasn't yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it was a hardy stock that certainly uh, took the chances coming out for sure. And what about yourself, mm-hmm. David? Are you planning any summer holidays with the family? You know what? Uh, I don't know if they have this in Ontario or, or not, but in Alberta
0: we have these small little roadside attractions at these little towns. And uh, I don't know if that's a big thing in Ontario or not. Alberta it's kind of a it's kind of a gimmicky thing, but it's it's still fun. It's in it's in uh, definitely in good faith for sure for uh, tourism and just to get people interested in going out to rural Alberta. Uh, we usually try to go to these little towns and just show the kids uh, what they've got. So. Like one place will have mm. the largest uh, uh, pumpkins, Smoky Lake, Alberta. So it's mm-hmm. not real pumpkins, but it's like, a, you know, like a replica. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's these massive pumpkins. Uh, there's another one that's got the largest egg, the Ukrainian egg in Vegreville, Alberta. Yeah. Another one's the largest okay. pierogi, uh, which I'm mm. sure you guys would love. And mm. that's out uh, by Bonnyville in a little town called Glendon, Alberta. So all these, there's all kinds of towns in Alberta that have this. And uh, so we'll probably check out some of that. But we, we are going to go to BC vc uh, beautiful british columbia it really mm-hmm. is true so we're gonna head to the okanagan probably for uh, a couple of weeks here in the summer and uh, it's such a great time too, guys not only for our own uh, rest and relaxation but to to share it with the kids and, and have these uh these memories and i'm sure that's such an important part especially for us dads to make memories with our kids and uh and that's what you're going to remember uh, you know you can spend a lot of money on your children but uh, having vacations the, the ones we've taken in the past we still recall them and talk about them and look at the pictures and uh, they're just great memories right yeah
1: absolutely the okanagan sounds beautiful doesn't it get really mm. hot in the okanagan it's oh, yeah it can get especially right? in august yeah, yeah in august yeah like desert type climate mm. isn't it lots of wine lots of fruit
0: and another great thing to do guys too is is to go to the catholic churches and and see what the what their community is doing what what their churches look like and mm-hmm. and it's uh, especially for kids i know when we Traveled when I was young. It always left a, a real. Uh, it was is a neat memory for me to to see the church, uh, universal, and you see how people worship, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Same here as it would be. And we've been to Hawaii. We've been to California, uh, all parts of Canada, and it's it's pretty neat too. And it's good for kids to see that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it,
2: and it's neat that you say that, David, because this young lady that's coming from Belgium, Eva. I asked her dad, you know, have, have her send a list of things that she'd like to see and do while she's here in Canada. And one of the things on her list was she wants to see our churches here. Mm -hmm. And when I think of our little parish church, and a lot of the the little parish churches that were built in the 50s, 60s and 70s, I'm embarrassed to take her to those, those buildings, right? When you compare it to the, the beautiful Baroque and Gothic and uh, Roman architecture, that there is all throughout Europe, uh, even the smallest of churches, put to shame some of our cathedrals mm-hmm. here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and cool it, that she wants to see that, though.
2: When it, it is neat to go and see. And like David's saying, too, once you you go to Mass around the world and you see how it is universal and it is the same, and even if you don't understand the language, uh, you're able to follow along because you can follow the parts of the Mass. As that's well. right. As long as they're, as long as they're being done properly.
0: Yes. Um, then there's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then there's we that. We we'll that people do that. And that's what, you know, a full disclosure to you guys, I've never been to a traditional Latin mass in my life. A lot of people are surprised when I tell them that, but, uh, but it, you know, I can, I can understand how people would say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had one universal language, at least for the parts of the, the liturgy where, you know, the priest is praying throughout the mass after the readings, uh, that would be something interesting, wouldn't it, guys? If we just all had the same language. I know my dad, who immigrated from, at the time, it was called Czechoslovakia. Uh, this is back in the, uh, I guess, in the late forties, mid, mid to late forties. He said that was the the one thing that really uh, reassured him that he made the right decision is that he had the sacraments, he had the church, and when he came to to Mass in Canada, it was all in Latin at the time, right? So he felt like he was at home. So when he had a hard week when he was working or you know, trying to figure out the the lay of the land, literally in Canada. So that gave him a lot of solace and a lot of peace that he could come to the Catholic Church and he could, you know, he could respond the same way everybody else in the church was doing.
1: Right, back home. Yeah,
0: -hmm. Yeah, now, Dennis, have you ever been to a traditional Latin
1: Mass? Mm -hmm. I've been to a traditional Latin Mass funeral. Okay. That's it. Yeah, and it was absolutely, it was really beautiful. But I I know up in your area, Robert, up, up in the port, there was, there was traditional latin mass for a our, while our former, Ma- right. our
2: former pastor was very big into the traditional latin mass uh and so we had that once a week and you know it, it is a beautiful mass and the silence to allow for that prayer and to really enjoin your prayers and put your your heart on the altar put your heart on the paten next to the eucharist absolutely beautiful but in my own opinion i wouldn't want to necessarily go right back to the Missal of 1962 or before, right? I think having those parts of the Mass said in Latin uh, or in Greek, so the Curie, the, the Gloria, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei, so you have those guideposts no matter where you are, I, I think, yes. But things like the readings and the homily, uh, I need to be in the vernacular to allow for that deeper understanding and that greater participation. You know, I wonder if even the act of consecration to have that said in Latin as well. And again, if you were to have the Latin text beside the English text, and these are texts that we're also used to in our vernacular now, you're able to follow along.
0: And as you grow up too, I mean, you get used to it, right? It's one of those things. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the gospel, the readings, the homily, whatever you know, that should all be in the vernacular for sure. Whatever the local language is, but uh, outside of that, I think it'd be neat to have just a you know maybe one one language for everybody. That would that would be cool. And then, of course, Latin is the universal language of the church. It's just is what it is, right? So,
2: yeah. And again, like you said, when your father came over, or when you're traveling to those places where you don't speak the vernacular, having those guideposts there it, it does help. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think back to seven years ago now, we were in Portugal for a, close to a month. So we were went to three or four Masses there. Uh, my Portuguese, I know enough to get myself into trouble. But between the, my limited Portuguese, my French, and doing the readings of the day in English before we went to Mass, I was able to follow along and know exactly where where we were. <laughs> and again there's that universality so there we are in these mm. tiny islands in the middle of the Atlantic and mass is the same there as it is at the cathedral in downtown Toronto as it would be at the cathedral in Edmonton as it would be in these little mission churches uh you know in the Alberta backcountry
0: uh, it, it's so awesome isn't it I mean it's I nice, remember telling it? a yeah. Protestant friend of mine that and he, he couldn't believe it he's like what do you mean this it's the same readings every day like the same gospel the same uh, first second readings on weekends or on, or on sunday i said yeah it's exact same it doesn't matter where you are and he's like how, how do they manage that like he was more thinking of the logistics of that <laughs> it's like well that's what we do that's why they call us the universal church right so that is really cool i i and, and a lot of people are surprised even even some catholics believe it or not, don't even know that so we tell them that it's
1: uh it, it hits home for them too so you know, when, when I was traveling back in Australia and stuff, it was it was almost the anchor that kept you, you know what I mean? You knew wherever mm-hmm. you went to Mass that everything was going to be the same, and every Sunday was going to be the same as it was back home. So it's, it's a really nice thing, isn't it? Beautiful.
2: And it's thanks to men like St. Anthony Daniel, right, who mm-hmm. got up and left. I mean, we complain about a 25-minute commute, Dennis and I. Mm-hmm. right? These men left their homeland they got on these rat-infested ships and not even knowing if they were going to make it to the other side of the Atlantic. And then they're in the, the back country and in the forest, and they didn't speak the language of mm-hmm. the indigenous people. And you can say that for here in Canada or across North America, South America into Africa... Mm-hmm and into asia and but they certainly learned like the that.
1: language they learned the language very quickly mm. didn't they and i mm-hmm. mean who would say yeah what would you be thinking in 16th 17th 18th century saying yeah i'll i'll go there i'll go i'll go where there's nobody real, no real europeans and i'll I'll go with the people and stuff i, I think they were selfless men beautiful selfless men and women 100%. to do that and, yeah.
0: and the great stories of them translating the bible into uh, first, nations first nations languages nations, too yeah. I don't even know where you'd begin with something like that. So clearly, you know, the Holy spirit was behind that.
1: Behind that for sure.
0: And and then, you know, we were at a point too, or in Canada, we had so many great vocations to the priesthood and religious life that we were sending a lot of priests to South America to help with Mm. evangelizing, uh, you know, the, the locals in in South America, which was great. I know my wife's uncle went down there for about six years. (laughs) And uh, he said, that was some of the greatest years of his life, like real, real evangelization and baptizing people, but also just to, Understanding their local culture and their society, and you know what their struggles were, and you know, in in some ways, it was uh, a little more being like a like a survivalist there. Like mm-hmm. there was, you know, probably uh, probably not much different than Canada, only that uh, it was by hundred degrees difference yeah. in <laughs> right, it, the extreme sure. heat versus extreme cold. Mm-hmm. But we do have a great legacy of faith in Canada. We really do. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, though, on the other. And on the flip side of that, we also have a bit of a dark legacy as well here in Canada with the faith, um, with the residential schools. And it always stops me in my tracks, if you want, when I think about these men and and some women as well, uh, that in the name of the church did a lot of horrific things as well and and this isn't the time or place to to go into all of that and uh, Fulton Sheen I think puts it best in his earthen vessels uh, and uh, a friend of both of our shows Al Smith would be able to to better uh, give this quote but in his earthen vessels where he talks about the priesthood and he says you know those that are held to a much higher standard such as our priests when they do fall the the fall is all the greater and Mm -hmm. You know, we're coming to see that more and more in Canada today as the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission works, uh, and the truth is getting out there. And it's—I don't want to paint with broad no, brushstrokes here because it's not not yeah. all of them. Mm-hmm, but yeah, un- for unfortunately, sure. for the faith and for the church, there were some people in the name of the church, in the name of Christ, who did evil things. They did, the only word you can use for it is evil, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, in some ways, out of evil, and God is amazing when he does this, where he takes something evil and a blessing comes from that, his holiness, Pope Francis, Holy is Father. going to be coming to, to visit. Oh, yeah. right. And and David, you were uh, boasting a little bit off here before we got started that Edmonton, where you are, Pope Francis is going to be there in a couple of weeks.
0: It's because we got the big stadium here, I guess. Maybe yes. it's got, it got a few more, a few thousand extra than Skydome. I don't know. What do they call it now? The Rogers, <laughs> Rogers Centre. Center, yeah,
2: <laughs> It's not not good enough maybe. for the World Cup of Football, but it's good enough for Pope yeah, Francis, well, that's, right? That's and, and I think i take Pope Francis over the, the football any day.
0: Well, I have a feeling they're not going to be selling uh, refreshments and uh, drinks and souvenirs maybe as much as they would at a World Cup, which would probably sure. uh, create a pretty big... Uh, uh, traffic jam of people in the stadium but uh, no you know I think it's um I think the the prayer for all of us is that whatever these wounds are that that still exist with certain members of our first nations uh family and I think especially of our catholic brothers and sisters I mean of, of course of, of all people but especially them right it's no different than you know the, even the you know the, the sexual abuse crisis that we saw in the church and, and uh, we're trying to weed um uh, this pass out you need to get this out and it's in, in a lot of ways it's been so good that the evil has been exposed so yeah my prayer and I, I don't know I can't speak for you guys but that's what I'm hoping that there's some some closure and I've I've said on the podcast several times that truth and reconciliation is a two-way street and we need to also pray that uh, those that uh, that want to hear an apology and have heard an apology already from the church are ready mm-hmm. to forgive as well yeah. And it's no different than any of our relationships with our, our family or our wives, uh, our our colleagues. Um, you know, when when forgiveness is something that that uh, that needs to happen, apologies and mercy, uh, we need to prepare, pray that that people are prepared to to give that as well. So I'm hoping that uh, that this uh, this act of reconciliation of of the Pope coming is going to heal some of those wounds but i also want to remind people that uh, in the first nations community and i think this is to the chagrin of our secular world it always tries to ape the universal church you know the universality of our catholic church that has brought so many to jesus christ we have so many great saints that are uh, members of our first nations communities too many people we're going to go there and we're going to see so many of them in heaven that belong to the church is that um So many of these folks have been, are part of our family and have been a part of our family for decades and they bring such blessings to our family. And um, so uh, we need them in the church and and we want them in the church and we love them in the church. So I'm, I'm excited because I, um, I think there's certain people that are not Catholics and are not Christians and not people of goodwill that uh, this will never be enough for them. So we've got to, as Catholics, we've got to kind of sift through that a little bit, Right. And I think I, I sense a lot of frustration in the Catholic church towards those people, but we need to make sure that we have that divide, right? That there are, there's still two different camps here. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm praying for this, this peace and this reconciliation for forgiveness and that we can move on so we can evangelize the world the way that the Lord wants us to. So yeah. But how do you guys feel about this? What are your, what are your guys' hopes for this papal visit?
1: No, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, David. I think the fact that the Pope has apologized already when the First Nations groups did come to the Vatican, and then he says, you know what, even though my health's not the best, I'm going to make the effort on Canadian soil to offer that apology. Absolutely. And for some, like you say, it will never be enough. But I think for most First Nations people, people maybe who've suffered the abuse, and, and you know, you're going back about 150 years, and again, it's not, as Robert said, we can't paint you know, that all the staff, all the religious, all the priests that work there with the same brush. There was a lot of, I believe there was a lot of good people who went Mm -hmm. in there with the best of intentions. And I think that's left out. But for those people who did those evil acts, those despicable acts, absolutely. Apology Mm -hmm. is certainly needed. And I think the Pope's going to offer that. And I think it will do much for the healing. Well, you know that, like he's just, the Pope isn't coming to the Toronto's and the Montreal. He is coming to you know, Northwest Canada, he's coming to admit where a lot of these residential schools were in fact, mm-hmm. you know, um, there. Right. And let's not forget the Pope is, is not in the best of health as we're going to no, talk about not. 85 years old, but the fact that he says, I need to do this on Canadian. soil, I think that's appreciated. And I think a lot of these first nation groups do appreciate the fact that he's making this really big effort on his part to come out here and to offer, to offer healing and hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully a healing the groups coming together as Catholics, like you say, David.
2: Mm-hmm. And for myself, I think one thing we need to realize and we need to remember is with this visit and after his whirlwind tour through Canada and he heads back to the Vatican, we don't just wash our hands and and step away. That's really when the work's going to begin for the reconciliation. Right Up until this point, we've been dealing with the truth part, But the reconciliation is that moving forward with forgiveness. And like you said, David, it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And and yes, there are some elements out there in the world that will not be happy until the church itself is destroyed, Mm -hmm. which we know won't happen because Christ promised that 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 would not happen. But the work is not done at this and for ourselves as Catholics, for ourselves as men of goodwill, we have to discern what is our role going to be in all of that and in that moving forward. And it might not be uh, with a a razzle-dazzle, you know, flash in the pan, uh, things that go on, and it's going to be over the long haul. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what we need to do then is to teach the, the following generations about this as well, and how we can work together to move forward uh, as a nation of Canada. Because as much as some would like to turn the, the calendar back, turn the, the hands of the clock back, uh, that's not going to happen. We can only move forward. Uh, what that work is and what needs to happen, I don't have those answers. I don't think any one of us ha- has those answers, but it's something that we need to discern together. And we need to be able to listen to one another, you know, just as we, we finish up that thing, when we talk about the truth and reconciliation and that moving forward, uh, one of the best things that we can do on both sides of the discussion is to actually read the documents. Because so often we form our opinions around headlines, mm. right? what's in the, the the news, Twitter feed, Or what are the headlines that you see scrolling across the the bottom of the the news channel? That's really just the optics that the media wants us to see. But we need to really delve into, into the documents. And that was something I started with last year. And they're not easy documents to read. No government document is an easy document to read. But from that, you can start to see the truth. And you can start to see where is it that we can start to walk together forward and so this papal trip is the beginning of that it's it's not the end it's just the beginning and it is big that pope francis is coming to visit us he actually canceled his trip to africa right and that was one of the the reasons there's been these rumors swirling around that pope francis is going to retire Uh, and one of the reasons behind that was that he had canceled his trip to Africa. And I read in an article, I think just earlier today, that one of the reasons why he canceled that trip is his doctors told him, if you go to Africa, you won't be able to go to Canada. Right? They, they wanted to give him some more treatment on there. But um, this has been big news out there as well, kind of swirling around these rumors that the the Pope is going to retire. And you know, it hits the mainstream media when uh, one of your 14 year old students and in the middle of a study period, shouts out in the middle of class, the Pope's going to retire. And, you know, all the other kids kind of look at her and kind of, OK, and then they they, they move on. But His Holiness quashed those rumors as well this past weekend. He did a, an article, he did a, an interview with Reuters uh, where he said, and this is a direct quote, you know, it never entered my mind for the moment, no for the moment no really so he he said no it's yeah for the
1: moment he did say right yeah Mm -hmm. i mean he is 85 he's one of the oldest popes right i don't think pope john paul ii lived to 85 (laughs) and you know what is it it would be very difficult having two pope emeriti right it would be difficult (laughs) having two living popes but really there comes a time when if if the health isn't great and He's tired. I I think in in a way, Pope Emeritus Benedict stepping down maybe at the right time was the thing like if you can't carry like I I don't want to say you got to take that job for life until you die. Like there's something to be said if you've got all your faculties there and you say a a younger man has to step in to do this job because it's very taxing. God bless him. I mean, he's 85 years old and he he doesn't look in the best of health and he's still going strong. But I wouldn't hold it against him, certainly if he wanted to do that. I I don't know. I just I, I wouldn't. I Super think it stops
0: too, but you know what? And I love Pope Benedict still love him. I think he's yeah. a giant in the church. I think his prayers are uh, efficacious for all of us. You know, I think he's, he's, he's already, he's probably in his mid nineties now, I think
1: he is. Yeah. He's uh, 93, probably going he through a lot of suffering,
0: yeah. but he, you know, he's, uh, he's in tune with what he needs to do at this point in his yeah. life. And that is to, uh, to, you know, to enter that um, the last stages of, of your journey on earth and, and offer his suffering up for, for the church and i really do i just think he's so it's so valuable to have him but having said that i think you know just um resigning uh from the papacy set an interesting standard um mm-hmm. you know and like you said it's it, it it gets a little confusing doesn't it i mean throughout our, our i mean i'm 40 years old and i've only seen one papal funeral but I've seen, you know, two conclaves, right? And I got three popes. It's just strange, right? So yeah, to have another Pope Emeritus, it just seems um it seems a little different. Not to pick on our, our friends in the Anglican community because there's so many great people of goodwill that are certainly allies of, of Catholics. Um, but uh the Archbishop of Canterbury, how does that work? Because you know, when you you kind of the area that you go in when you start to tread with popes retiring at a certain age or if they're in a certain condition mm. is all of a sudden it looks like, are they just, you know, is there a kind of terms of leadership and then there's a vote of some sort to, you know, replace th- this guy. You know, I think that's, that's the danger, but I, I don't know how that works. Uh, Robert, do you guys know how that works? I have no okay. clue.
1: I thought there is a vote for a term for the Archbishop of Canterbury. I don't know if it's a six or a ten-year vote. Uh, I right. ten-year term. Justin Welby,
0: I believe, is right. the,
1: the gentleman's name now, gentleman, right? Yeah, and they had yeah. uh, another
0: uh, gentleman before that. But
1: is it Rowan? Yeah,
0: he, and, and not to not to sound to go down the road of being super critical of of Anglicans, but it does seem like there's a lot of division in the mm-hmm. church there, and it seems like they go in different directions depending on who the Archbishop of
1: Canterbury is right right and and, yeah. and then the, who's the head of the anglican church it is kind of the queen isn't it so i mean she's not res- like well, she's what 93 go. 94 and she's or is she 96 she's still i don't want to say going strong but she's still active she's still and we've benefited job. a
0: great deal in the catholic church because of that i mean you think of pope benedict uh welcoming that the anglican ordinariate right there That's was right that was probably already what 12 years ago Yeah, and i've attended uh some of their uh, uh mass services here in edmonton there's a community and it's outstanding this is a tremendous and beautiful liturgy uh, also you know it seems like when we have uh converts to the faith from the clergy it seems like it's always from the anglicans isn't it like mm-hmm. we've seen they we seem to have several uh, gentlemen here in the last couple of years that have converted but anyways not to go too far down that rabbit hole but right. just saying that that do you guys see kind of what i yeah, mean yeah no i understand exactly I what doors. you're saying there it's it's yeah.
2: almost do we risk taking on a bit of a corporate culture Right. when we
0: start putting those stipulations resignation and That's how the secular world looks at the church right now yeah, yeah. Right? right so it kind of reinforces that secularism right and how they look at the church is a as yeah a kind of a corporation with a CEO versus a uh, you know a divine institution organization.
2: You know, that that's one of the conundrums of the church is that it is a divine institution but it's run by humans and mm-hmm. humans always have had since day one, since the Garden of Eden, humans have had a habit of bunging up the divine and taking what's good and turning it into evil. And uh, the Garden of Eden, or the church, or you know the the missionary work of the church, we, we've, as we've said already in this this episode, we manage to take what is good and somehow turn it into something that's bad. But I think that is. Uh, it is a conundrum. It is that, that corporate culture where the world looks at the church. I think then you take out the, the room of the, the Holy spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But having said that, is there something in place where if, if a, if a the Pope was to, you know, lose his faculties or somehow, you know, develop some sort of onset of dementia, would there be something in place where, they would be able to step in, or there would be an election of a new pope, or what? Is, I know this has never really happened, but is there something in place for that to take place, or not? I'm sure. it's a good there question. Is. I was
0: just yeah. thinking from a diocesan level. Usually, if the archbishop or the bishop is away, I think it's is it the chancellor that usually steps in and kind of acts on his behalf. Um, I know sure. that that's the case. If if the bishop is traveling or is away from the diocese, you have to have someone there all the time, right? Right. Um, to to take care of the spiritual needs of the people. But yeah, that's a good question. I think that's something we'd have to
2: take a a good, long, hard look at the end of the papacy of Mm -hmm. St. John Paul II. Because in a lot of ways, humanly speaking, he was incapacitated. But he still held that office of the Pope. But you have to know that there were others there and I don't want to say guiding him or making decisions on, on his behalf, but mm-hmm. the the mechanism of the papacy was still moving along, even though he wasn't I, verbal
1: anymore. Right. But Rivera, I'm thinking now that's com- that's almost coming on 20 years. I'm thinking now in the instant media hits where, the you know the the health of the pope would be recognized in me- like back in the day you could kind of hide a few things maybe i'm just wondering now if it, if if something was to happen where there you know the media would be all over it what would you know what would we do as catholics what would the cardinals do in that or would they i guess you couldn't hold a conclave certainly without the death of a pope or the resignation of a pope but
2: well that, that's your your homework and reading for while you're
0: in anguilla there sir that's right yeah <laughs> there you go around the beach yeah. <laughs> I would say that the Pope is, is incapacitated in some way. I mean, the church still runs, you know what I mean? Like it's still progressing ahead and keeps, keeps rolling. Right. It's uh it's the office of the Pope. It's the office of Peter. Right. And, and if that, uh, if that Pope for some reason can't do it for a few days or a few weeks or months, I mean, the church still continues. It's the deposit of faith that the Pope, right. cardinals
1: Everything was still
0: called to pass along to us. Right. So
1: Still, we'll still, just a quick little aside before we do discuss maybe next popes is St. Peter and St. Paul. Got to give them their own saint day. What? <laughs> Why is it every single time I look at that, I'm thinking, you know, lesser saints have got their own saint day. Why do we put those two together? Gentlemen, can you speak to that quickly? Or- They're so humble, probably. Yeah, yeah, so I guess. One. And they have
0: disagreements with each other.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who's, who's the greater, you know? early church leader, I don't but, know. But, but that but being said, seems...
2: you've got the Feast of the Conversion of Paul, you've got uh, the Chair of Peter, Peter and Chains, Robert, yeah right? So they, they all, they, they both have uh, you know, Different multiple kind of... days them, themselves. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that we're, we're asking questions now that a generation ago weren't even a question because right. with modern medicine and
1: exactly. the longevity
2: that that is there for us
1: as humans, Right, right. The longevity. Good point. Yeah, they said 85-year-old right, pope is one of the longest-serving popes at 85 years of age, St. Fra- uh, Francis right now. Yeah.
2: Well, he's not St. Francis yet. No, no, so, no. He's yeah. not. So be, be, be careful so, if you, that <laughs> you're ran taking ran on, on the role of the magisterium <laughs> there. Uh, you know, we, we know you like referring to yourself as St. Denis, but we all know
1: how he lost his head there, too. St. Right? Denis, uh, Denis. <laughs> Denis. Speaking of, you did have an article about the next pope, did you not? Okay. Yeah, and so whenever
2: these rumors roll around about the retirement of the Pope, or when or when they're in ill health, and we know that a, a conclave is imminent, uh, not only is there rumors about the Pope himself, but there's rumors about who's going to fill uh, his red shoes, hmm. right? Uh, and the biggest question right now, because we've seen the move away from Italy, like St. John Paul II was the first non-italian Polish. pope in what 500 years give or take uh and then now you've seen uh you know a pole a german francis Argentina. was the first pope that was, was the first non-european pope
1: that's right and no no red shoes just for clarification right correct he, and he, ditched he did those he didn't take yeah. the red shoes okay just want to make that clear yeah, yeah.
2: so the what's out there now is kind of Whereabouts from the world. And again, coming back to what David was saying a, a few minutes ago, where the world likes to put their perspective on the church. And with the whole uh, universality of the church and the, the multiculturalism within the church, you know, they're like, well, there needs to be a, a pope that's coming from, again, outside of Europe.
1: Yeah, Do they go looking... back to an Italian Pope or do you keep continue with the church, you know, a Pope from around the world, which I think is is great. I think maybe a, a developing country like a Southeast Asia, Africa. What I do you think?
0: I don't know. David, what are your thoughts on this? You know what I I always say too just with you know when we had when we lost Saint John paul iI I did feel like there was this this massive void of emptiness you know and kind of like this fear of uncertainty or just like now what you know especially when that was the only hope I had you know until I was in my mid-20s right so well, I didn't you, really know what was going to happen next you but, just um,
2: just just as you're getting started on that David you just you need to understand yeah. that Dennis and I Weren't exactly cognizant of the world around us either when Saint John Paul II was elected in seventy-eight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some of us have, have not even hit double time, digits right? yet. So,
0: yeah, think, but we—I we, I do remember uh, three as a popes kid. in thirty days, right? That's I mean, right. I three popes kid. in forty years, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So you were saying that you felt that there was this void at the end of uh, Saint John Paul II's reign as the the
0: pontiff. Yeah, and uh, you know you could kind of see that the you know the the end of of uh, Pope John Paul's earthly life was coming soon, but you didn't want to believe it necessarily, right? And I do think there's something to be said for a pope that's in office and and that's there you know until he passes away, you know. But uh, I don't know, like you know, there's there's all the speculation, but it does seem like it's coming again from that secular perspective right guys it always seems to be coming from that like well you know what's next you know i'm sure there's so if you go on the online there's probably some casinos and online yeah. betting that you'll know, have all these odds like really is that what we're doing with the post but from a, a, a secular worldview people are looking more just to either have a glamorous story and um, and just pocketing some money out of this right but um i i don't think that it's really our job to be speculating too much I mean, why why waste any time when we need to be working out our own salvation with fear and trembling you know like it's uh it's a difficult journey that we're on right now and we need each other and and we need the the office of saint peter the pope to to be there with us and praying with us and us praying for him as well um it just seems like we we would waste a lot of energy just trying to figure out okay well you know because all of a sudden, our own favorites would come into into play. Okay, well, we like the perspective of this cardinal and that cardinal, but we don't really care for this guy over here. He's saying some some real odd things. And we, of course, we're seeing that too. But um, we still have to trust the process, which is a divine process of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we have to believe that that in the conclave, when those doors close, that the Holy Spirit is present. Right? We we just really have to. And then all we can do is pray. Right? What else What else do we do, guys?
1: And David, you're absolutely right. I think the Holy Spirit chooses the right Pope for the right time. And it's, and it's happened throughout the centuries. And, and we're going to see that again in, in time, right? For sure. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think we've seen that just in the the last two of the last three Popes were kind of unexpected. And again, we keep looking at the church, a divine institution, but we look at it with human eyes and we, we want to see it run almost as a, a corporation, as a multinational when really it can't. And we need to, to like both of you have said, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I know with both, when St. John Paul II was elected, when they announced, you know, and everybody in St. Peter's Square is looking at each other, like, who is this guy? Like They, they had no clue who he was. I like, no, he, he wasn't one of the front runners. The fact that he was a non-Italian and it blew everyone out of the water. But look at all of the good he did over the course of his pontificate, and then again, more recently, you know, how many people had heard of Jorge Bergoglio before he was elected as supreme pontiff outside yeah. of you know when Vatican is, insiders? Yeah. I'd say next to nobody, mm-hmm. right? Coming back to the notion of the, the the bookies, if somebody put money on Jorge Bergoglio, they must have uh. Must have gotten some good reward back on that. Yeah, event, they would have gotten right? some
1: good for sure.
2: And I think when we come into the the next conclave, and yeah, you know, we had a look at a, a list of you know what they call the papability the the men that are seen as the the forerunners to to be pope. And at the top of the list is Cardinal Mark Ouellette of Canada.
1: Yeah, but we... I think that that was certainly more so with in the last. I think he's he was know, more a the bit line, in the older now. Last, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but, think they but said you, he got the second number of votes. I always thought, thought that votes thing was was supposed to be secret. Like that's what I thought. They, yeah, I was just going to say that
0: too, Des, huh yeah. We always hear these things after. It's like I think the article said that, that supposed to be secretive.
1: To yeah, how did that get out?
2: <laughs> oh, there's ways that things get out. Yeah, you know? yeah. right. You know. So
1: yeah, anybody that age, I don't think is probably going to, but I mean, but I'm just saying that if we were to
2: look at this list, I mean, there's a name on this list and Dennis, you know, I I'd be so happy to see this name come up, you know, Cardinal Robert Seurat, but again, Mm -hmm. his his age and his conservatism more than likely not, but I would not be shocked that of these 10 names that when we do get to the
0: next conclave,
1: it's not one of them.
0: It's not one of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. that, that it would makes sense that there's the least.
0: there's sort of um, you know the Holy Spirit inspires people to to look at the the body of work of certain cardinals too. I think Cardinal Ouellette, was he not the perfect for the Congregation of Faith? It was uh, Cardinal Ratzinger's old position. Was he not, or am I mistaken?
2: he's he's in, he's in charge of i could be wrong he was at time, one time maybe yeah at one time yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yes that's right like during while well, pope
1: benedict was, right right was on the and now he's he's in, he's in charge of now? the
2: bishops and the the, yeah. the
0: the the congregation that's in charge of naming bishops yeah so for example i mean it's a it's a big office right and sometimes you see that even in uh hate going back to the uh the secular authorities and the governments of our world but some people that might have been the deputy prime minister in canada or or held some sort of um, a high ranking cabinet right. position. It's uh, you know, there's certain levels of responsibility for everyone it's, You don't know, maybe the, the, the one that's that uh, deals with finance or, or um, uh, agriculture might be a higher premium and maybe some other positions. Right. So, I mean, when you think of it from the church's perspective, I'm sure that uh, maybe that plays into it. People look at that too egg. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I always remember watching a documentary on the conclave, and they were interviewing uh, Cardinal Barbarin out of Lyon, and he was. They were asking, "How? What is the thought process that goes into electing a pope?" And he says, "Well, we get locked in there, we chat amongst one another, and you talk and you get to know people, you pray, and then you write a name on the ballot, and then as they're reading them out." you hear these names and there's maybe a name that, Oh, I hadn't thought about this person. So then you pray some more and you talk some more and you pray some more. And it says, you go through that process uh, of prayer and getting to know each other and getting to, to know the different men whose names come up. And in a lot of ways, it is through the guidance of the Holy spirit that brings this about. And it's, yes, there is, I'm sure, some political power play that goes on behind the scenes. But he says a lot of the, the time, the discernment process is mm-hmm. done through prayer. Mm.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, w- and which I, would I think say is the, right. Yeah. And I would say the political power play never happens from the Pope who's chosen. It's probably from others who want to see. I would That's never right. say that these gentlemen who've been chosen really are, you know, vying for the position. I, I would... Like to think that they never would do that. I just just looking at the men of Francis and and John Paul II and Benedict, that doesn't seem like you're kind of you know wanting that. Why would you? Like well, It's a
0: daunting a... task too, oh, right, Dennis? I boy, mean,
1: boy. And they ask because they do ask. That's right.
0: You, know, the, you have to accept. Do you not hope that's right. or whoever is is chosen, right? And they right. ask, will you accept this? I mean. Yeah. And and that room
2: where they have the white vestments waiting. So they have three sizes of white vestments waiting Mm -hmm. after the election in that room where they put on the white vestments for the first time is called the room of tears Mm -hmm. because these Mm -hmm. men are brought to tears by the weight of office that they've been called Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And and like you said, Dennis, it's just that notion of of humility. They're not, they're not in it for the paycheck. Mm. Right. And now, who well
1: I think wasn't Francis expecting to go back to Buenos Aires or you know I think he had a return ticket or something like it's yeah he needed so to get out a refund on his ticket yeah yeah like I mean and 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 maybe you say like I'm just thinking for them it's it's such a you know the position itself but they must think to themselves ah, this is so bigger than me and it's I have a massive to responsibility yeah massive responsibility right yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Responsibility, right? yeah.
1: yeah. And, and
2: there's that other expression there too you know the the man who goes into the conclave as pope leaves a
1: cardinal. So, leaves as cardinal, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that,
2: David. This has been wild. I'm looking. I'm watching the the, the clock go. We have enough have for do again, two, two, two or yes. two or three uh oh two or three episodes. Uh, thank you for throwing this idea out, David. Yeah, I I, where, where, I've, where I've did the even idea done even my come beer from
0: yet? So I don't know. Aren't like, you I guess, done? I should get a smaller can, maybe. That's, <laughs> That's you one of the figure. tall ones. <laughs> I, I, I'm just about at the bottom See, here. there. There so you go. So somebody somebody drank mine on me. I still think end, we I should think. do a Facebook live someday. I know. Yeah, it, let's do a Facebook
1: it. live. Yeah. My wife has Facebook. Can I go onto her Facebook? Yeah, why not? I don't, I don't, yeah, I I don't know how that
2: would
0: work, but uh,
1: we we'll, we'll figured it out. There we that's yeah, we'll have to we'll do live this, out this time out, so i have as robert says i've got to get out of my comfort zone which is totally well this is cool sure, guys honestly i've never done
0: I had uh two other guys before we had uh you guys are probably familiar with the rome boys so we first had that but they have one camera and there's the three guys kind of sitting around a round table literally but uh this is really cool i like it it was uh and it did go fast My goodness gracious yeah, flying, that's, yeah. good company we run that and, whole uh, good here. conversation it always goes fast so yeah. Well, that's thank, great thanks be to god thanks david enjoy yeah, the rest guys. of your summer there david yes thank you yes. you guys too and, and we're uh, gonna get yeah, out
1: west guys we're gonna get out west uh david for sure within a couple of years with myself and robert decide to pack it in we'll uh get out for a road trip and stuff yeah for love sure that.
0: yeah the Pines and pews uh traveling road show that's how the road show
1: and say hello to the holy father in uh edmonton if you're if you're up close i'll enough. try to hold a sign up in the you know row 80 <laughs> Hey, maybe we'll send you a cap and you can see it. There, there the I bison. have a cap already. Yeah, no, 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 but so to, anyway. to, to get to the Holy to Father, to get to the Holy he... oh, Father. Oh, to you know, give to
0: him. Give... Wouldn't that be something? Eh? Something he puts it oh, on. Oh
1: man. Our numbers shoot up. <laughs> there we go. Beer there. contracts. Or left put and a right. sticker on
0: them or something like that with our podcast names. That'd be something too. Hey, that'd get yeah, us uh, you... some notoriety, maybe yeah. not on the back of the on the
2: back of the Pope Mobile. There we go. Yeah,
0: there you go. yeah awesome no thanks guys it's a it's a blessing to, to chat with you and uh yeah we got a lot of work to do in canada but i'm so uh, blessed sure. to be joined in the vineyard by guys like you that have a zeal for passing the faith along not only to our families but to our communities too man we need that in canada don't we we just need more people so if you're not a catholic and you're listening to this man we're inviting you to come join us come join the ranks all right. it's always God great bless. to talk
1: to you david all right Take awesome care. guys thank you Well, once again, Robert, not not exactly a guest, but certainly the joint podcast went well. David is such a great guy, and we had great conversation tonight. Wow, that was—we touched upon a few things, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I think that's always such an important part of our of sharing our faith is getting together with uh, like minded individuals and uh, yeah, sharing the faith with one another, having these conversations. Uh, it's a great. Way to edify the faith within ourselves. So I uh, no, ha- had a great time. We covered all kinds of, of topics there, didn't we? Actually,
1: I think we covered, we didn't even cover all the things we wanted to cover. So we're going to probably have, David, we'll do something like this again in the fall or closer to Christmas, will we not? God willing.
2: God willing. Like you know, Dennis, I'm a little over-organized and I tend to over-plan things. So Just a tad. We we had enough there for about three episodes, but it was great stuff. Great stuff. Always yeah. oh, good uh, to talk to him. The the time just seems to have flown by, and uh, I know we pretty much finished our hourglasses during the conversation. So mine is now empty.
1: And it's always a pleasure, both the pint and the conversation, Robert. Especially the pint. Yes, but it's always good to talk about our Catholic faith as well. Very true. Very
2: true. And just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's just one small favor we could
1: ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us
2: a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. We'll chat again real
1: soon, my friend.
2: God willing. And until then, why don't you remind
1: our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.